It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Aloha Wednesday. What is up? Welcome to Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. Managing Editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, Director of Scouting at DraftNetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and sitting here in uh, stormy South Florida. Uh, thankfully, the storms held off for Tuesday's first day of padded practice. Got the chance to see the entirety of the Dolphins script for day one of pads. Uh, had plenty of reactions from what we saw on the field. And uh, I'm going to get this guy to you guys a little early. It's going to go out on Tuesday night as it is a reaction to Tuesday's practice. Uh, I think the first thing that stood out to me uh, is, first and foremost, just how everything and anything that you hear about this Miami Dolphins facility, how it's state-of-the-art, best in show, they ain't lying. They're not lying to you one bit and i only have outside access with the with the covid protocols so uh not that i needed to see anything on the inside we've seen the sliding board and the pools and the locker room and the all that jazz this facility in the with hard rock stadium as the backdrop is absolutely positively stunning it is beautiful so kudos to the dolphins for setting their players up with the best in show as far as all the resources that they need to perform at the best level they possibly can. But again, yesterday or today, depending on when you're listening, Tuesday's practice, uh, my first career practice at Dolphins training camp, as a matter of fact, it was all about the trenches. And it seemed like that was the point of emphasis. The Dolphins put the pads on for the first time. The first week was you saw the videos of Tua airing it out and throwing bombs down the field and playing wide open. It felt like today was, okay, we got a pretty good feel for what we got on the outside. Let's find out if we got the goods on the inside. So it was a lot of inside run. It was a lot of 11-on-11 running periods with just a handful of, of play action or RPO sprinkled in to uh, keep the defense just enough off balance uh, so that they weren't just totally teeing off on the run game. A uh, lot of thumps, a lot of thuds, a lot of pads cracking. And some fans may classify, you sit down and you watch this team go to, go to work and, and do practice to the degree in which they did for two hours on Tuesday and suggest it was a quote-unquote boring practice. I would beg to differ uh, extremely because there was a great look at both sides of trench play. There was a great look at uh, how the Dolphins run defense specifically compares to last year's group. And I would say the biggest winner of day one of padded practices was Bernard McKinney. Uh, Shooting gaps. He's quick to get in there. He's big and physical. 
if they were going to the ground with contact, uh, he'd have steamrolled Miles Gaskin on the first play of of run session and would have just completely ran him over. And he had a very prominent presence. Uh, But what was the most fun was they did two sessions of run game where they went, they put the ball on the one-yard line, and it was the offense going out, and that it was the offense going in. And this defensive line, I'm sure there's there's questions that already exists. I've read the tweets. I've seen the concerns. I've got a really good question uh, from somebody I would like to acknowledge here before we're done with the show. But it was rooted in this front seven was dominant today when they put the pads on. There were a couple instances of guys getting good movement and Robert Hunt got some good push from time to time, but generally speaking, the front seven won the day. And it wasn't just Bernardrick McKinney. It wasn't just Raekwon Davis. But it's some of the other guys that are going to play on the outside of the line of scrimmage, uh, the Vince Beagles, uh, the Brennan Scarlets. These guys setting the edge did very well too. So if I'm the Dolphins and I look at what my run defense was last year, and how you needed Raekwon Davis and Elander Roberts to kind of flip a switch between the tackles uh, last year. But even still, you think about the Denver game and how they attacked Kyle Van Noy on the edge. Uh, and I understand Van Noy played hurt throughout the majority of the second half of the season. So uh, I sympathize with playing hurt. But this group up front, on top of what they already have, uh, with the depth in the secondary. Now, of course, the question of Xavier Howard and his status still looms pretty large uh, over what the top of the depth chart's going to look like. But nevertheless, they have a ton of depth. And now between Davis and Sealer and Wilkins and Strobridge looked pretty good from my eye and John Jenkins and Emmanuel Agba playing with his hand in the dirt as an inside player or a base end. I mean, that's six deep. You you want to rotate, you got a straight two-man rotation, no questions asked at every spot, and you have the ability to play at a really high level. And then behind that, you have McKinney, Elan and Roberts coming back from injury at some point along the way. Jerome Baker as a little bit more of a scrape linebacker or as a will. Beagle, Van Ginkle, Brennan Scarlett, Jalen Phillips, who did not dress today, as guys to play on the edge to be the hybrid types. There's a lot of plus and a lot to get excited about with the defensive front seven, specifically with Bernard McKinney, who absolutely showed out yesterday. So uh, if you're looking for promising developments, you're looking for improvement for the Dolphins' defense, uh, this front seven, and we'll, we'll, we will touch on the dynamics of is that an indictment of the offensive line or is that a compliment to the front seven? We're going to get into that next. But just know uh, this front seven is deep, it's physical, and they've got guys that are either another year older if they're younger players or they've got a handful of guys who are upgrades in that specific role to play the run. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. 
You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NFL, or even UFC. So head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information available. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So the question comes from Sir Madridissimo. Question, Kyle. Is it easy to spot when a unit is actually playing well versus the other unit simply not playing well? What I mean, hey, the defense looks great, can also be, hey, the offense looks awful. Honest question. Yeah, this is, uh, this is, in my opinion, the true value of the Dolphins doing two separate sets of joint practices because you can only ever evaluate versus, if you're doing it internally, versus the quality that you yourself have and there's no barometer, right? There's no litmus test. So I think it is important that the Dolphins will have joint practices with both Chicago and Atlanta. Uh, I think those will be really helpful in getting more clarity on whether or not this defensive performance in day one of pads is, geez, the offensive line looks rough, or, wow, we got a lot of horses up front. But I think, personally, from my perspective, it's probably a little combination of the two. I think the offensive line is certainly unsettled. Um, the consistency with push up front was not there across the entire board. I'm not going to be too hard on, say, the tight ends uh, because you know, half the tight end room is in the reserve COVID protocols uh, because of contact tracing right now. But I do know what fundamentals look like and how you're supposed to punch and set a block and dictate the line of scrimmage and what block deconstruction looks like. And that's all stuff that you cover uh, when you've been in the NFL draft game for almost a decade now, which makes me feel so old if we're being completely honest. But that's a story for another day. Um, So seeing all of these dudes up front, Wilkins, Sealer, Davis, Agba, utilize their hands. It's We talk about Brian Flores likes power and heavy hands and the opportunity to do some two-gapping up front. These guys, their run fits looked really good. And maybe you're overwhelmed by the first-step quickness or the punch power of a different player, but from a fundamentals perspective and getting in your fits, uh, the Dolphins looked the part up front. And the processing quickness of the linebackers is not something that is talent dictated, right? You're going to get a feel for that just watching their reaction quickness. And I got a really good vibe. Now, of course, when you've got to go 
take a, a middle zone and take away crossers across deep portions of the field if you're not going to get run on. That's a different story, and that'll be the next test for Bernard McKinney on whether he's going to be a guy that plays 40 to 45% of the snaps on defense or if he's a guy who's going to play 70 75% of the snaps on defense. We didn't really get a look at that yet because, again, the Dolphins, uh, I alluded to taking the air out of the ball. And, of course, somebody made a Patriots joke, which bravo to them. That's a very good taste. Um, they wanted to evaluate what they have not had the chance to evaluate to this point in time, which is the trench play specifically with full contact, full pads. I will be really interested. It's like a game. Training camp is like a game in that there's ebbs and flows, there's highs and lows, there's kind of the back and forth, the tug and war. Now, if we come out tomorrow and the defense similarly smacks the offense in the mouth and then we're off on Thursday and they come back Friday, Saturday and they do the same exact thing and they dominate for a week straight, now it's time to be concerned about what the trend line is and, and what direction that unit on the ball, specifically talking about the offensive line here, uh, is going to look like over the course of a 17-game season. But it's in a football game, you don't go three and out in the first possession of the game and then lose the game, right? There's adjustments that are made. There's changes, coaching tweaks, maybe personnel rotations. Solomon Kinley still not running with the ones, I believe it was uh, Jackson, Eichenberg, Dieter, Hunt, Jesse Davis for the starting five at uh, Tuesday's practice. So give it time. I know every, it's a, we live in a microwave society, right? Everybody, you expect results. Boop, you push the button, you get what you need. This is not one of those things. This is going to be a full process. That's why I allude to being excited about seeing the Dolphins in Chicago, watching the preseason games, getting to see them week over week and seeing what that development looks like. Because right now, we're not playing for keeps right now. We're positioning ourselves to have as much success as we possibly can. And that's why you take first day of padded practice and you effectively don't run the, or you effectively don't pass the ball at all. And I know Dolphins fans were jonesing from some for some Tua highlights throwing the ball. This was blue-collar, nitty-gritty day. And I'll be interested to see if they transition that and do more of the same, or alternatively, if they're looking for getting back to some of that aggressive push-the-ball-down-the-field type stuff tomorrow. Or today, depending on when you're listening. This is Wednesday's podcast, so I'm talking about Tuesday's practice. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So if you're looking for something to replace a meal throughout the day, something post-workout, something that's keto-friendly, and you want something that has 100% chocolate on other bars with nine delicious flavors to choose from, you want something that's high in protein, high in fiber, but low in calories and low in sugar, Built Bar can be exactly what you need to get you through the day. So right now you can visit BuiltBar.com. And use promo code LOCK15 to save 15% on your next order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your order of the world's most delicious protein bar. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. A couple of casual uh, observations that I had throughout the course of, of practice today. Uh, that I, or yesterday, again. I'm releasing this on Tuesday night for Tuesday's practice. I enjoyed seeing early on in practice uh, Javon Holland mirroring Jason McCourty a little bit and getting uh, a little bit of casual feedback from McCourty during one of the indie session drills uh, that the team was doing. If Javon's going to be a sponge and he's going to tap into McCourty's experience, and that's only really going to help him kind of accelerate his growth as a player. Holland had a really good rep in coverage. They were doing some, it was like a three-on-three three or three-over-four-over-three or, four over three or uh, inside the 10-yard line going in. And it was one half of the field. And uh, Hunter Long got targeted on a ball that, that Holland made a really nice acrobatic play. Uh, he showed good transitional quickness. Good ability to get his eyes back to the ball. Good body control to to reach up and swat the ball away. So that was one play in particular early on. And again, the Dolphins did not do much in the way of passing the ball. Uh, that stood out to me as, as one really uh, positive rep that came shortly after I watched Holland uh, kind of get a little coaching from McCourty mid-drill. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. Uh, I, I enjoy seeing that, and I see McCourty uh, offering his expertise, and I think that's a really cool dynamic because there's not too many players like that on the team, right? Guys that are long in the tooth, wily vets. Uh, so the, those guys that you do have, if you have one in your position room, to take advantage of it, terrific. Uh, by all means, that's only going to make Javon a better player. Uh, I think another thing that really struck me was the pacing of this practice. Uh, they had an install period for special teams about halfway through. And it felt like the first, I don't know how some of these guys on the beat or Travis fire off tweets every 30 seconds with updates mid-practice because it is very efficient with their time. Everybody moves with a purpose. Everybody's doing something functional. There were a number of drills that they did uh, during some of their breakout periods when they they went into positional groups or uh, some special teams type work where you see these plays by individual players on the field and you're like, oh, that's a really smart football play that you know, he handled this situation this way. And again, I don't, I don't want to give away too much from a competitive, I don't want to overstep my bounds uh, since I am here working with the team. But there's a couple of those plays a game where somebody makes a really savvy play to not do something dumb or take a penalty, particularly on special teams, and you hear the commentators and you might remark yourself, like, oh, that was a really smart play, savvy play. 
the Dolphins take the time to practice those individual instances uh, based on what I saw on Tuesday's practice. So none of it's a mistake when the Dolphins player gets put in that situation and he makes a savvy play to not take a penalty or block a guy in the back or all that kind of stuff. It's because there's an individual drill that the Dolphins did on the first day of pad of practice that deliberately coached them up on, here's how to navigate this situation without drawing a foul. And seeing that across the entirety of the team where they would go macro and then micro, macro, then micro, where where full team stuff, and then they would break out and they would do individual drills. And the first hour and 15 minutes, it felt like of practice was like, boom, 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 boom. Even their warmups were deliberate. And you got a little taste of that with the Senior Bowl this past year. And I've been going to the Senior Bowl since 2015. So I've been to the Senior Bowl six times. And you get to see how different coaches, and obviously it's an exhibition environment, but you get to see how certain teams and certain coaches, I guess you should say, uh, structure their practices. There's a lot of grab-assing, a lot of standing around. Not with the Dolphins, man. They're getting every ounce out of their practice window that they possibly can. And you should feel encouraged by that as as a fan of the team, obviously, if you're listening to the show, that they are working with purpose. Because while that seems to be pretty straightforward and elementary, it doesn't always work that way. So in summary, we have a number of observations on day one of this two-day trip here down for padded practices. The structure and the pacing of the practices is very impressive relative to some of the other exposures I've had to other coaches across the league. The willingness of Javon Holland specifically to uh, mirror and, and follow around McCourty for certain stretches of practice, I think is really exciting for what he as a player who already looks pretty solid uh, is going to look like. We have really good front seven play, including Bernardrick McKinney, who I thought was the most impressive player that I watched throughout the course of the day based on how the Dolphins structured their practice. And the last thing that I would get into, and I'm not going to give away the details because as I said, I'm here. The the team is gracious enough to let me come on site and, and work and I don't want to violate that trust, and I don't want to give away anything from a competitive advantage perspective. But I'll say this, the offense has a different flavor enough of it, even without seeing them pass the football. The offense has enough of a different flavor to it in all the right kinds of ways that I think Dolphins fans are going to enjoy seeing on the field. Uh, Some of the things that we've talked about in the past uh, with the Changeli offenses, things that uh, maybe you'd like to see done differently, whether it's pre-snap formation, post-snap conceptually, all of those things. I've seen some glimpses of it in day one, and I really want to see what it looks like on day two, especially if they're going to open things back up and, and pass the ball a little bit more. But if you've seen some of the fan videos of things on social media, you, you kind of get a feel for what I'm talking about where They're doing things beyond just changing the personnel to make them more dynamic, uh, to change what this offense looks and feels 
like. And I think that's refreshing, and I think it's necessary based on Tua Tungvaloa and how he handled the offense last year and what his strengths and weaknesses are as a player. So a lot of good, promising omens for the offense specifically. Now it's just, okay, can we get the line to gel a little bit? Can we get a little bit better performance from them up front? But it was also kind of unwritten and acknowledged that we're going to run the ball today. So if the offense has more to throw at the defense other than just, hey, we're going to line up, we're on the two-yard line, we're going to try and score and get stood up six times in a row before you're going to go play action uh, to score a touchdown, what does that look like for the offense? So I think one thing that will be important and for us to watch is the balance of the offense is going to be something that is probably a little bit of a type road. You can't go one too far one way or the other. But I think they got the horses up front to make it work. They especially have the skill player talent to make it work. Now it's just application of it. Hope you apply yourself the rest of the week. we got two more shows, including one tomorrow afternoon. Uh, we're going to post it on Wednesday afternoon for Wednesday practice. It might be recorded at the airport, full disclosure. Uh, I'm flying home after tomorrow's practice or today's practice, Wednesday's practice. And this amended schedule, I've tripped over it eight times today. Uh, but uh, really appreciate you guys carving some time out of your day. Really excited for another day of Dolphins practice tomorrow. We'll see what the day brings us, and we will tackle it once it comes. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening to Locked On Dolphins. Fins up. Enjoy the rest of your evening or your day today, and I can't wait to talk to you again next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.